Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hey, welcome to episode two in season two of CRE Success, the podcast. This season, we're taking a different approach by interviewing not only commercial real estate professionals like we'll be doing today, but also talking to subject matter experts from outside the industry who have expertise that can help people in commercial real estate succeed. Today, it's Greg Lyons, who's with LJ Hooker Commercial in Canberra, which is the capital of Australia. In the past, he's held senior positions at Knight Frank and JLL, and he's been one of the big players in the Canberra market for the majority of his 39-year career. The story that Greg is going to be sharing with us today is about how a nearly doomed deal to sell a couple of floors in an older building turned into something much bigger in 2020, with downstream revenue opportunities for him and his office. There are a lot of nuggets about asset repositioning, knowing the market, knowing the asset, being patient while also making your moves at the right time and doing all the groundwork that a good agent needs to do so you're not leaving anything to chance. I know you're going to love this discussion. I learned a lot during my chat with Greg and you'll be hearing it too in just 30 seconds. Now the world of work has changed, everyone's looking for new ways to add flexible working into their plans and portfolios. Hub Australia is the national expert in premium flexible workspaces that offer five-star hospitality service. Hub Australia is already partnering with leading developers, Brookfield and Amalgamated Property Group to deliver the future of work for their tenants. Head to hubaustralia.com to learn more about Australia's leading flexible workspace experts. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Greg, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much, Darren, for the opportunity to have a talk to you today. Lovely that you're here. And Greg, the first thing that we do is we ask our guests to step into the virtual elevator to give us their elevator pitch. So Greg, who are you? Uh, Greg Lyons. I've been in the property industry since I left school in 1981. So I think next year I'm up to 40 years in the industry. Pretty much we started out to be a valuer and I ended up working in property management. I leased and then sold a shopping centre that I managed and that sort of got me into a sales role where I sort of spent most of my career since the late 80s, early 90s in selling and then leasing. I've spent 37 of those years. I came to Canberra for two years in 1983 and I'm still here. Uh, I've got two gorgeous daughters that are now having, um, I'll have some granddaughters shortly. So I'm sort of really embedded in the Canberra market. I focus heavily now on sales, but I have done a couple of the biggest leasing deals that have been done in Canberra with the tax office in the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet and the Attorney General's Department. I'm now completely um, client-focused. I'm over my days of managing the business and running an office. I'm just happy to be spending all my time working with clients, trying to find the properties to buy or selling properties and matching the buyer and the seller. I still also, where the opportunity arises, like to do project leasing, whether it's a a new site that's targeting a new government tenant as its occupant. So that's what I enjoy doing and hopefully uh, 
years of experience I can put into some of the deals and give that expertise and advice to get the right outcomes for clients. Fantastic. Greg, so where are you from originally if you're not from Canberra? I was born and bred in Queensland, so I support the mighty Queenslanders come state of origin, but I was spent some time in northern New South Wales, uh, started my working career in Sydney and with MLC, the insurance company, but in their property team. I moved to Canberra with them. Uh, Land Lease took over the organisation. I moved to James Lang Wharton and spent 18 years there before moving to Knight Frank to run the business there as well. So, yeah, originally from Warwick in Queensland, but have moved south, but pretty well anchored in Canberra now. May go north when I retire, maybe. And are you a Canberra Raiders fan? Absolutely, and a Brumbies fan as well. So, yeah, very much had to make a choice early in my career between football or rugby league or playing for the Raiders or or doing work. I chose work. (laughs) Hopefully I made the right decision. Well, it sounds like you did, given just the great year you've had in 2020. And by the way, congratulations on your impending grandchildren who are going to arrive. And I'm sure you're looking forward to not managing, well, not managing the office and having more time to spend with them, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, look, why I wanted to speak to you specifically today, Greg, is that you've done an amazing transaction in 2020, which is at one Bose place. And I want to get into talking about that transaction. But before we do, I just want to hear a little bit on the basics of the asset, if you can just let our audience know about the building and also when and how you got involved. Sure. One Bose place was a building that I've sort of had a long involvement with originally with the Health Insurance Commission, who owned and occupied the building, vacated, moved to a new building and I had to release the property. So I was involved in releasing that. The property was sold as part of a national portfolio. Unfortunately, I didn't handle that sale, but I knew the building very well from 20 or 30 years ago where I was heavily involved in the refurbishment and the leasing of the building. So I had a good understanding of the building. I also was involved in the management for a brief period of time as well. So the opportunity that came up was we were approached by a a receiver liquidator to sell two floors in the building. The building, when it was sold, was sold to a consortium who strata titled the building and split the building up between a number of members of that consortium. So one of those owners got into some difficulty. The buildings got small rectangular floor plates that used to suit the government but no longer do in terms of their size or quality. So over time, floors become vacant in the building and at the point of appointment, there was seven floors vacant in the building with little demand and obviously owners having to pay outgoings out of their own pocket and having no income. So fair to say that when you got involved, it was you had a challenge ahead of you. Absolutely. I had to pitch for the appointment. I think my knowledge of the building, having researched all the sales, probably helped me secure the appointment. But when I was about to take it to the market with an expression of interest campaign, one of the other owners in the building who had two floors decided to appoint an agent and to sell. I think they had a partnership that wanted to go in different directions. So they put the property up, another agent put the property up for sale by auction with no reserve. So... When we went to the market, 
we're looking at sales probably around the 800, 900,000 per floor. That option took place two days before my expressions of interest closed and the sale prices, because there was no reserve, uh, went to the highest bidder and they were at 300 and 310,000 per floor. Ouch. <laughs> so obviously my client already in a, a world of pain became much larger. So I locked in a deal with a buyer at around those prices in terms of the two floors. So first of all, had to get the receiver to accept that there was no prospect of achieving a sale price anywhere near what we had originally put forward and other agents had put forward. So they had to accept that those sales became the market. I locked in a buyer, but unfortunately, that buyer was so keen, thought it was such a good deal, paid a 10% deposit straight away, but I actually failed to complete the sale. Okay. So you've got the 10% deposit, but then the sale didn't complete. So what happens next? So I had again to think on my feet in terms of where do we go from here. So I knew I had a client that could complete on a transaction very quickly. So it went, the options for the client were take the property back to the market or if I could complete a sale within seven days, they would run with my new buyer. So I managed to exchange and settle two floors in the space of seven days. So it's just a matter of knowing the client was catched up Saw the value in the deal at three hundred thousand thereabouts per floor, or five or six hundred bucks a square meter, which is basically about a fifth of the replacement value of the buildings or the floors. So, and um, just for our listeners who might not be as experienced as yourself in transactions, obviously going back to the market and running the process again would have been pretty detrimental to the process in terms of what you could look to achieve. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it was going to be a difficult exercise. I had a lot of trouble convincing people. I think they were very scared. They could see the value but were scared to something must be wrong with the building at those sort of levels. And I think the bank was already had incurred holding costs for quite an extended period of time. So they were keen keen for a quick out rather than an uncertain sale that might have taken another three or six months to complete. So they went with my recommendation on that I had a qualified buyer that would front up exchange and settle almost simultaneously. So whilst they suffered a lot of pain, the downside could have been even worse if they hadn't taken that deal at that point in time. So at that point in time, you've done deals on two floors and another two floors have been sold at that no reserve auction. What happened next? Well, as part of my marketing of the original sales appointment, I approached all the other strata owners in the building, as you should do as a good agent, always talk to your owners, in this case, other strata owners in the building. And I established that they're either going to be buyers or sellers. So they'd pick up some additional floors at a very cheap rate to sort of average price down their original investments. Most of these other floors had sold between 1 and 1.7 million per floor. So 
some of them were a long way underwater at the um, sale price that was came into effect from the auction. Mm. So most of the owners had been long-suffering, so they sort of said, well, we'll sell, but at a price, which effectively was roughly double, around the $500,000, $600,000 mark for their floors. So I set about getting my buyer that bought levels eight and nine to buy the other floors in the building. I had another good client that heard about these sales, saw the value, wanted to have a talk to me about whether he could buy the floors. In fact, I put the two parties together to see if they could buy as a consortium and then control the body corporate because the operating costs were very high in the building. The building needed a bit of love and attention. The managing agent wasn't performing. So ended up, they agreed between themselves in discussions with myself that they'd buy two floors each. So they'd split the floors between them. So um, two buyers had bought three floors each and they sort of now control the body corporate, implementing a new refurbishment program that involves upgrading the air conditioning and building management and they've replaced the managing agents. So it just shows that brought new life into what was a very tired and old building. And you brought new life into this transaction when two days before your expression of interest closed, it looks like you were dead on arrival and then you've sold <laughs> in total six floors. Is that right? That's correct. Fantastic. So yeah, from what was looking like, originally started out to be $45,000 fee in round terms for selling two floors at circa $900,000 or $1 million a floor. It basically reduced to a third of that. So I had to sort of think, well, I put all this time and effort in. How do I get some reward for all my effort in? So the reward came from talking to the other owners in the building, knowing which buyers to bring in as the value add. Savvy investors would buy cheap, add value, and probably resell down the tracks. So you mentioned there was a potentially underperforming manager in place. Also, we've got some vacant floors. What are the opportunities for the LJ Hooker commercial team in Canberra to continue to produce revenue on this asset? Yeah, so as a result of those sales, we've been appointed to manage three of the floors in the building for one of the clients. And we're also being appointed to lease those three floors. So we now have 1,700 square metres of office space. The owner is going to offer smaller suites all the way up to someone, a government department that may need overflow space for a couple of years. So they're going to either take the fit out and reconfigure it or totally gut it and split it up and divide it up into smaller tenancies that Woden is sort of located very close to the Canberra Hospital and has the Federal Department of Health and the ACT Department of Health located there. So there's quite a, a requirement for the medical-type users in that location. So they're our, our key target market for the building. So, yeah, we've now got a leasing opportunity, earn another 50 or 60 grand in fees. We're getting ongoing management fees out of the property. And hopefully I've done a good enough job for the buyers that when they choose to sell in the future, I'll pick up those sales as well. So what do you think of the lessons that you learned from this whole process? Yeah, there's um, probably to win the appointment, I think it came down to 
knowledge of the market and knowledge of the building and being able to answer the brief that the receiver put forward. Communication with your client and particularly with auditors, with receivers or liquidators, accountants, you've got to report regularly and keep them fully up to speed with the market and what's happening. So I think that was probably a key element. Being able to think on your feet, quick and adjust, I suppose, given a change of circumstances. And most agents come across that all the time. The deal's looking good and then all of a sudden there's a spanner in the works. So you've just got to find a solution for the problem. Take away the old adage of take away the pain that the client's enduring. And I think hopefully managed to draw a line in the sand for them and they could move on with what turned out to be not so good arrangement, but it created opportunities for the incoming people. So in my dealings, I always like to be honest, professional upfront with clients, tell them what it is, but also look at the positives and point out the opportunities for the buyers as well. So try and get a win-win approach. Yeah, it's a great story. I really appreciate you sharing it. Obviously, your is it 39 years of experience? I guess that is since 1981 really held you in good stead. And I've had a look at some of the other deals that you've done this year, Greg, and you've really defied the odds in a difficult year. I've seen you've closed a couple of other transactions which have achieved record setting prices on a per square meter basis for vacant possession offices in Canberra, including for Marcus Clark Street and also 79 Moore Street. So what do you put those results down to? Well, the four Marcus Clark transaction was they weren't a client at the time. We had a group approach us with a leasing requirement for 2,000 square metres that were located in the airport precinct. They wanted to look at all options in the market from the city to Barton to the airport. And then in the initial discussions, I established they really wanted to buy rather than lease. So I quickly had to think on my feet about, given the competitive nature of agency world, um, had to identify an option where a building was vacant, but they could also buy. So I approached the owner of Paul Marcus Clark Street. They're a very well-known developer, very rarely sell property, but this was an opportunity. I took the tenant through, took their board through. There were few other options, but this was the best option. It was a matter of them paying, being prepared to pay the price that the owner was prepared to let it go at. So I managed to strike a deal at 14 million that that was a price that the owner was prepared to let it go and reinvest his funds in other projects. And it's an ideal scenario for the new owner where they have you know, 2,000 square metres of space they can occupy themselves and has great on-site car parking. So it'll overcome a bit of a problem they may have with staff with car parking, which is rare for a city property. And ultimately, it is a long-term redevelopment site for residential. So if they choose to be, their board makes a decision not to own property anymore in the future, they have it sitting on a great redevelopment site. So that's the scenario with Four Marcus Clark. Seven to nine Moore Street, again, 
had a requirement from a buyer that wanted to build Canberra's first build-to-rent scheme, targeted at both the ANU student market and also privates that are working, privates that usually want to be in and around the city that want a spot that they're close to all the cafes and restaurants. So, again, a scenario of seller was prepared to sell at a price, which in this case was $20 million, and that was a huge price. The building was probably worth, as an office building, $12 mil. But there was some good things in the Crown lease that allowed residential development and the possibility of taking a four-storey building and taking it to 16 storeys to the maximum height limit in Canberra. So we ended into an option agreement for 12 months with a 12-month extension period where the buyer would pay an additional fee per month for each month that went past the year. So the deal ended up going for two years. The seller got an extra fifty grand or $600,000 on top of an already good price and the purchaser secured a site right in the heart of the city, close to the university that would accommodate and be Canberra's sort of first build-to-rent scheme. The government liked the proposal, so it's a win for the government, it's a win for the student market, it's a win for the buyer and a win for the seller. And a win for you as well, of course. I finally got paid for two years of work, was in the fee forecast for a long, long time. In fact, the purchaser paid my fee, so another lesson learned. If you can't get an appointment to sell, sometimes the buyer will pay your fee as well. So probably another lesson learned. If you don't ask, you don't get. So I asked the seller, said, well, I want my price clear of the fee. So I asked the purchaser if he'd pay, and he would. So, well, Greg, congratulations on the initiative that you showed, not only on the transaction in Woden, but the other two that you've shared with us as well. I'm really impressed with the results that you've achieved for your clients, for your company, and of course, for yourself as well. And well done on a great 2020. I'm sure you're building for an even bigger 2021. I want to say thanks for being here and sharing the stories on CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you. For more information about our guest, visit CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Well, how did you enjoy that? I hope the interview inspires you to go and speak to someone in the industry who's a little bit more experienced than you are and ask them about a recent deal or a project that they've worked on. Hopefully the person that you speak to is just as personable as Greg and also just as willing to share their insights from the process. If you've got a story or you know of a story about a project or a deal or a career milestone or an event that would make a great episode of CRE Success, the podcast, head on to our website and find the contact page. I'm always looking for great guests to join the podcast to share stories that help educate and inspire people in our industry. Our website, of course, is CREsuccess.co. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Thanks so much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at CREsuccess.co. 
90% of the world's data was generated in the last two years. Credia is a business intelligence and analytics tool for commercial real estate professionals. Using real-time insights, track key portfolio metrics and benchmark against the market so you can make faster and well-informed decisions. With live dashboards and bespoke reporting, impress both your executive team and your property clients. It's time to turn data into your most valuable asset with Credia from Released.